This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, Payne and Pendergast on a Wednesday with you, getting you ready for Browns, getting you ready for Browns and Texans on Saturday. Seth, people are going to wonder why, why you're laughing again. you got to watch BitCon on Netflix Bitcon. and marvel it. Marvel it, honestly. How enticing the world of crime must be, like uh, uh, like fraud, because it's <laughs> you're gonna be amazed at how how dumb these kids that made like forty million dollars, perhaps more, are. Uh, oh my God. True story, right? You said it's a true, true story. story. Okay. Uh, there's just a little spoiler alert. There's a part in this story where uh, the New York Times prints an article about them on the front page of the business section of the New York Times, and one and it's bad. And one of the kids, the kids who shouldn't have spoken in the New York Times at all, were from New Jersey. So they're kind of like, oh, hell yeah, New York Times. Um, I say kids are like, you know, in their upper 20s. And, and the company's fraudulent. But one of the kids actually says, well, we're thinking like, I don't know, maybe, maybe nobody will see the article and it'll just blow over. <laughs> Front page of the New York Times. <laughs> That's great. All right, good recommendation. I'm looking for stuff. It's good, man. It's good. Yeah. Um, I'm not used to having th- this time of year has typically the last three years been when like, oh, OK, cool. I can catch up on on Netflix, but we got playoff the football NHL. Yeah. yeah, we got playoff football now. Um, so um, Texans and the Browns, 330 Saturday, 1230 Texans countdown. Uh, Seth and I will be right there where we always are, right outside the stadium. Come by, say hello. Let's celebrate, man. We got playoff football back at home. Here in Houston, Texas, here's D'Amico Ryans on the difference between playoff football and regular season football. It's not different. <laughs> it's not. Everybody wants to make it different. It's not different. Like, it's just a matter of, like I told our team today, we've been getting better throughout the year. Each and every week we've gotten better. We, we just sound have to better. stay on that track. Keep getting better. Keep playing sound. Keep playing relentless. Play clean football if we do that. And that's all that matters, right? We focus on playing good, good football. It doesn't matter that it's the playoffs. The game doesn't change. It's still football. We got to go execute. We got to go play fast. I just, uh, man, I really hope that he was just up late smoking cigars all evening or something. <laughs> yeah, because he does He doesn't that sound so much. well, man. He doesn't sound – he never sounds like that. I went and I listened to – the press conference from Monday, the yeah. day before, and he sounded absolutely fine. There was somebody coughing in the press room, Mystery to coffer. which I expressed alarm. And then uh, D'Amico shows up a day later sounding like he's I, – I, I, I honestly swear. I was like, maybe this is the one time of year yeah. D'Amico lets loose. Maybe every <laughs> – 
kind of oddly on a Tuesday night in the middle of a playoff run. I don't care. I don't care if he went to Mexico with Jessica Simpson. Just whatever it is, don't be sick and don't spread it to the rest of the team, damn it. Oh my god. Oh, brutal. Brutal. I what's what's my concern level about this is more than just a passing segment on the radio. Like I I don't want like I think I want Demico to coach from a tower this week. Like way up high. Yeah. Tower with a megaphone this week. I don't know. He needs to rest his voice, though, too. He could just text his instructions. Okay. Or maybe get, like, one of those Sign Stephen language. Hawking computers or something. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Just do that. Give him a whole Stephen Hawking setup <laughs> and, uh, like, have him just do all that and just as, as minimal physical effort as possible. Right. He just sounded – that sound bite right there where he was talking about getting better and everything, that's exactly what I sounded like when I was trying to convince our boss, Parker, to let me work every day <laughs> while I was sick for three weeks. Remember? Yes, you are very persuasive. Every day I'd be like, hey, oh, you know, I think I turned a corner – I turned 19 corners in a row right. on that one. Every day, I think I turned a corner on this thing, Parker. Turned, it's like, okay, Seth. All right, sure. So many damn corners you ran into yourself five times. Like just, <laughs> <laughs> corner, corner, one corner. One of those sci-fi oh. movies where I was in a yeah. never-ending circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. D'Amico, <laughs> it's funny to hear him. It's funny to hear Hey, Ben, cue that one up again. I, we're not going to play the whole thing. Just like just cue it, cue it up and play it from the beginning. It's not different. <laughs> It's not. Everybody wants to make it different. It's not different. Like, it's just a matter of, like I told our team today, we've been getting better throughout the year. Pause right there. No, you haven't. Listen to yourself. You're not getting better at all. As far as the substance of what he's saying through that, uh, through that, that fog of laryngitis, I, I, that part of it, that message is true. I don't think, you know, Ted Johnson and I disagreed about this and Ted played in more playoff games than I did, but I felt like the first, I felt like there was a naturally, uh, like a greater intensity to playoff games. Like when you're out on the field, my rookie year, I just, I felt like I noticed it. Maybe it was because my first playoff game ever was against an awesome Broncos team. Mm -hmm. That might've been as simple as that. And I was like, that was the first time I had faced the Kupshanistani offense. Yeah. And I was, I was playing with a dislocated shoulder and I was just, um, well, previously I, I was, I had a chronic shoulder dislocation, Sean. Okay. It sounds awful. and then going up against that damn offense Ugh. sucked. Running around all the time? Ugh. Yeah, I still give Schlereth the side eye every time I see him. <laughs> he abused the poor rookie with one arm. Yeah. Um, but like it, like I felt, maybe, and honestly, looking back on it, I can't believe I've never made this connection before. Maybe it was just because that was that good of a team. But uh, it was... Like there, as far as the week to week stuff and preparing and everything else, it's the old Hoosier speech. You know, it's uh, look, it's the same field, same dimensions. Yeah. You're playing against the same guys you played against two weeks ago. There might be more guys that are out there and available and playing through injury and everything, but you try not to make more of it than you have to, especially when you're fighting through some kind of illness. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. given to you by some sick member oh, of the yeah. press corps. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I, yeah, God, I'm, I'm going to be listening to these. Like Slowick, I'm going to be listening to two things during Bobby Slowick's press conference today. One, his commentary on these job interview requests that he's getting now. And two, how raspy is his voice? Is he yeah. coughing in the middle of sentences? And why do we, we don't need this, man. We don't need CJ, this type of agitation. CJ sounded fine yesterday. Okay, well, let's hear from his, CJ. Yeah. Let's hear from CJ. Here's CJ. 
on his relationship with D'Amico Ryans. Yeah, it was one of the first things that we actually talked about uh, when I got drafted. I was in his office, and he was going over a scripture. I don't remember what it was, but it was something. I think it was about just, like, staying steadfast and just staying, like, on your course. And that just resonated into, like, what I was going through at the time. So it was just cool to see, like, a coach open about open up about his faith, you know, and not, um, not shy away from it. So it was cool just to kind of bond over that. And uh, we have really similar mindsets, I feel, of, like, how bad we want to win how bad we, we I mean how hard we work um, the, the focus that we know that it takes to win games uh, we come from winning cultures and, and, and winning teams so uh, really it was all, it was really up to us to get this team going you know and it's not just not on us but I think we're two type of people that we're going to put pressure on ourselves uh, just to make sure things get done and I don't think there's nothing wrong with that um, and I appreciate him because he always holds me to a standard and, and I know I hold him to one but he's always met that standard I've never had to question anything and it's been really cool to learn and, and grow with him uh, the, it's interesting that, that a lot of people have noticed, obviously, that both D'Amico and CJ both, you know, open every statement, uh, you know, after wins and what have you with, uh, you know, t- testament to God and all that stuff that, um, I don't know, maybe it's because it's my team, um, or what have you. It's, it just feels different, uh, in a way. I don't know, in a way that I haven't seen as many people maybe necessarily complain about it as you typically see with that. But both from inside and outside, usually you see a certain amount of snark associated that with that when, when players do it. I think the thing about those two is that they're just, they just both come off as so genuine and not trying to elevate themselves yeah. sometimes through, Sometimes the people that are more vocal about such things are also trying to elevate themselves in their own image, where you never get that sense with those two. And I think that's why, for some people who might find themselves find that as off-putting in some way, like I don't, you don't you don't see the the complaints you typically do. No, I and and I you know they're they're both incredibly likable. I, like I don't think they're using it to shield some other thing they've got going on with them. You know, either something nefarious or a lack of work ethic or something like that like they're they're both i don't feel like it's Jameis winston telling me about stuff yeah you know yeah 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 yeah, absolutely absolutely (laughs) um let's hear from uh the other side here brown's head coach kevin stefanski um nico collins is going to be a big deal in this game if the texans are going to win they're going to need i'm not saying they need a buck 95 from him again like they did against the colts last week but if Nico has four catches for 18 yards like he did last time against the Browns, it's going to be curtains for the Texans. Here's Kevin Stefanski on wide receiver Nico Collins. He's just a really physical football player, can make contested catches, can has the speed, has breakaway speed. He's a big play receiver, as you saw in the first play of the game the other night. He's really, really talented. Oh, talented. You know, it was listed as saying he's really – did he say he's really physical at the beginning? I think he did, yeah. I okay, think, all right. Yeah. Okay, good, good, yeah. good. I was waiting for the physical at the end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, what I always, that's what I always tell the doctor whenever I go in. I'm like, <laughs> he'll walk in, and he'll be like, okay, where well, he's got his head down. He says, okay, I'm here to just review these blood results. Why are you, why are you naked from the waist down? <laughs> I'm just waiting for the physical, doc. Been working, I'm just waiting for the physical. Been working on my cough all week. Yeah, give it to me, give it to me at the end, okay? Yep. <laughs> let's talk about these results and then let's do this physical. Uh, I think, the, the honestly, Nico's physicality is the thing I get most excited about. He was dialing dudes up at the end of that game last week on the sideline. I thought he was going to get flagged for a late hit on a defender out of bounds. He was just, he was like a heat-seeking missile. 
I didn't mean to do a well actually. I almost did a well actually to you yesterday. He, you called him a scud missile. The scud missile is the bad one. He's oh, a patriot missile. Okay, yeah. I heard you say something. I didn't. I'm like, oh, yeah. This, and then I was like, all right, so you're being well actually. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, okay, is the scud missile a polarizing thing now? But I we just no, no, no. Up. The scud missile were the crappy missiles that Iraq was launching. <laughs> I got that would, Like land on a goat shed somewhere. <laughs> I got the you. patriot missiles were like you know laser guided. I, I was grasping for any form of artillery that I could find. Scud was the first one that popped into my head. He's been doing that, Nico. Since the literally the very first play of the preseason, remember the yeah. remember the the one completion that CJ had in that Patriots game where he you know he he looked a little overwhelmed in that game mostly because Austin yeah. Deculus was his left tackle um, was a, a throw out in the flat to Nico Collins where Nico trucked Christian Gonzalez the Patriots first round pick <laughs> that's right that that got that got Nico like you'd watch throughout the preseason and more than one national outlet in the preseason was doing like sleeper wide receivers for fantasy or underrated wide receivers and they would have nico on there and they would show that one play from the patriots preseason game over and over and over again him trucking christian gonzalez i I thought i might have seen something i was just searching for stuff on youtube and i scrolled past it i didn't have time i want to say that did nico collins actually win angry run of the week he did for a run after catch we have the audio you want to hear it oh yeah 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 we had it yesterday we just never got to it there's so much stuff to get to yeah he won angry run i must have seen it on the show you did you saw it on the show prep i deleted it because we just didn't get to it but yeah but seth wants to hear it now so we're playing needs to hear it we need kyle brandt giving yeah it was for the play in the colts game where he ran over the same guy twice (laughs) (laughs) on the same play here it is it may just be two wins for michigan today because right now nico's got it the texans are in the playoff the scepter is going to h-town nico angry runner of the week he runs out of bounds right now he lowers the shoulder i love you nico this says so much, but it's not just a play. This is about the team and the coach and the city and the town, and they are going to the playoffs. He could easily run out of bounds there. He doesn't want to. They're not a run-out-of-bounds type team. Is not a run-out-of-bounds type player. This oh. is absolutely badass. What'd you think? Testify. Yeah. Uh, that was good, yeah. That was good. Uh, <laughs> How funny, you know, the second time he hit the so guy. over the top on those I things. know, it's, it's really funny. He's, dude, he's out of breath when he does those, Kyle Brandt. Like he's, and he's in good shape. He is. He's like a very funny. fit dude. Yeah. I don't, you can't tell on TV how fit Kyle Brandt is. Uh, like he's uh, sometimes because I think he's got a thicker neck and everything. Yeah. He's very, very fit. Yeah. Very fit. Um, yeah. The f- funny thing about that play was Nico, the first funny thing was Nico hitting the same guy twice. He hit him, hits him inbounds to break a tackle, and the guy kind of stumbles backwards. Wouldn't it have been funny if Nico got called for a late hit out of bounds as the ball carrier? Yes, that's exactly my point. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like that's a, that was, was what's so crazy about it. Was he was just seeking people out. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Um, here's Kevin Stefanski, Browns head coach, on what stands out about C.J. Stroud when he watches him. Yeah, you know, I, he's a he's awesome. Uh, we I remember watching him early, Tom, because we had some crossover tape and getting ready to play Baltimore. I know he played in that. That was his first game. And I think even in that game, you saw some plays and some throws uh, where you knew right away that that, that kid was, was really, really talented. And, and, you know, I know our the state has seen him play quite a bit. He's a, a very... Uh, talented young man uh, and, and I think the the tape is what we as coaches always kind of go back to and then he's got some really great tape I love hearing that that's that's one of my favorite underrated things like when coaches or coaches start gushing about guys that they didn't even their purpose wasn't to sit down and watch them on tape it was to watch something else where they're like they just wow. left off the screen yeah we got to yeah. play this guy in, in week 16 and he's gonna you know, be a whole lot better then than he was in week one one of the most encouraging things 
I remember re- early on was um, I was listening to the Move the Sticks podcast after week three, after the Jaguars game, and Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah, that's their podcast. Bucky Brooks is also the color commentator for the Jaguars or the sideline reporter for the Jaguars, so he obviously knows them really well. And he was talking about how before the Jaguars game, so at that point the Texans were 0-2. Um, CJ had played really well, but, you know, from behind, you know, kind of a Blake Bortles type effort, but really well from behind against the Colts, yep. and they were 0-2. But before the game, the Jaguars coaches were telling Bucky Brooks about, like, no, this this dude's for real. This is, like, you, you got to believe this guy, this this guy is it. And um, I almost said he's him it is a 48-year-old man, and I apologize oh, to everybody that I, even, okay. that I even thought that I was going to say he's him. Yeah. Um, well, I was quoting the coaches. But, like, that part, it was kind of validation early on, and that was after the Jaguars game, which was a blowout win, obviously. Um, but that was validation early on from, I like, Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah are not hot take artists or anything. They, they're pretty straight shooters. They're both former scouts. Like, they know what they're talking about. Um, yeah, coaches recognized it right from the get-go that he was not your normal type of rookie. Yeah, yeah, just really. And then that, yeah, that Jags game, he was great. That Steelers game. He, he had a period there of about probably like, it felt like six or seven games in a row, maybe save the, the Carolina game where it was just bad, where he was the subject, like on the Monday afternoon shows with Orlovsky and them. It felt like they were breaking down at least one or two C.J. Stroud throws every single week. Um, just remarkable, it, man. It really was, and that's where, honestly, it got to the point where he was more of a veteran because over time, uh, they just started um, – it didn't make as much of a clamor. They didn't make as much of a clamor when he had a good game because it's almost like well, it was the kind of game you expect. Yeah. So unless it's a record-breaking game, then you don't do it. Like, they moved him out of the category of rookies. Yes. Because there was no – plus, what are they going to do? Like, let's compare the rookie quarterbacks. Oh, they all suck except for CJ. They all suck. And, uh, okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Yeah, except for that one magical week where Will Levis was good. Right. One magical week That's Will it. Levis was a good quarterback. Just that one. Just that one. Yeah. Yeah, but like week 12, they were taking him for granted. We will not take you for granted, CJ Stroud, I promise. All right, um, Payne and Pendergast with you here on a Wednesday. All right, the Titans fired Mike Vrabel. John McClain now has me nervous – about the Bobby Slowick situation. Oh. That is next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on TuneIn. go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available h-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, Mike Rabel got fired yesterday by the Tennessee Titans. Former Texans defensive coordinator, uh, former New England Patriots Super Bowl champ. I think the championships still count even though his rings got stolen. If you if if someone he recovered st- the rings, he did. Okay, okay. Yeah. But you think that yeah, that'd be awesome if you couldn't if you can't keep from getting your purse snatched in West U. Right. Then yeah, right. Yeah, you're no so. longer. And even more so, whoever stole them now is a member of the 2001, 2003, and 2004 Patriots. <laughs> yeah, if he like showed up at the reunions and everything, <laughs> showed up at the them. Ring of Honor induction ceremony, just on. like I'm the guy. Yeah, <laughs> I've got him here. That's right. <laughs> I wonder if there was a chance. I, I I'll tell you what. Um, whenever somebody gets stolen, whenever something like that gets stolen, you got to be like quadruple sure that you didn't just hide them somewhere or misplace them yeah. or something because that's embarrassing. Yeah, but I believe he did recover them. At I think some he point. did too. Yeah, I think he did too. So Vrabel gets fired yesterday by Amy Adams Strunk. I had forgotten about this. I hadn't. Well, I hadn't forgotten about it, but I hadn't made the connection in this case. Um, Bobby Slowick has already had. Carolina and Washington ask the Texans permission to speak to him. It's a virtual lock that Tennessee is going to ask permission to speak to him because Rand Carthen, the GM for the Titans, who just won a power struggle with Mike Vrabel, was in Cincinnati, or not Cincinnati, San Francisco for several years, overlapping with Bobby Slowick. They know each other. They've got history in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch out there, Seth. I am. I'm not overly concerned about Slowick leaving after one year, but I'm more concerned about Slowick leaving after one year than I was before. Right. Well, I think especially when, like, obviously, I don't know if there even was a power struggle per se. Uh, like, conventionally, I think people get images in their minds of these guys, you know, conniving behind each other's backs or arguing and yelling, uh, you know, at the draft or whatever. I think sometimes, like, perhaps things just aren't quite the fit or maybe – um, Amy Adams Strunk just was growing uncomfortable with Mike Vrabel for whatever reason. Uh, like I would presumably she trusts Rand Carthon um, in his opinion, and with with Slowick, I could see where he's got to overcome in some degree the fact that he just looks like a kid. I you know like like it's it's easy to it's it's achievable except that I think the first impression is like wow the guy looks like a kid he's way older than you expect he is but kind of like with Kyle Shanahan and Matt Lafleur and some of those guys um they look they look younger than they actually are because they don't smoke and drink whiskey the way coaches used I know to, I know they exercise and so stupid meditate yeah, yeah so I think that Rand Carthon in probably knowing Bobby Sloak's personality and maybe being able to vouch for him that, you know, like he's, he, he's got the right persona and everything. It's probably, probably a huge leg up that Bobby has compared to other places. Having only been a coach for one year, yeah. you know, owners haven't had a, a long time. And because there wasn't any, because the Texans weren't on prime time until the very end of the game, there really was no TV coverage to where that seed can start planting itself in an owner's brain. Yeah. And that might sound like, I know you might be thinking like, ah, these are billionaires making decisions uh, you know, d- d- with data and statistics. Ah! It's like anything else in life. You plant the seed, 
it, it rumbles around in the brain for a while, and certain candidates have more legitimacy in the minds of of the owners because they've seen them, they've seen their faces, they've seen their names, they've heard them talked about more, yeah. longer and, and and for more frequently. Look around at the aggregate of the owners in the NFL, and look like I, there's many examples of them trying to embrace math but not coming off in the of, upper quartile yeah. of winners were in the top quartile of that upper quartile okay i feel a little bit might be i mean not to be the best time for a jim or say oh yeah know? that's right he had, oh, yeah, yeah he's sick that's yeah, right so. he's sick um thanks for making me gee, feel like a jerk thanks for pointing out that it was you that called for the drop <laughs> uh okay one one conspiracy theorist multiple actually this morning but the latest one one of our listeners uh said this do you think Vrabel was fired for helping the Texans be division champs? Oh! Somebody else says, what oh. if this firing is because he won their last win, helped the Texans into the playoffs? How much hate from Titans ownership is Dude, towards the that's, Texans? It's a fun conspiracy theory to think about. Like, we had someone call the post-game show after the, the Texans beat the Colts, and they're like, nope, there's no way that they're winning the division, though. There's no way that Amy Adams Strunk lets the team go out and win against Jacksonville because that would give the Texans the division championship. I'm like... And this person was serious too. Like yeah. you know, like I know this. I don't know this person on the text page. I think this person's joking on the text page, but it is kind of silly sometimes when people come up with these things. Like, yeah, this is why a whole NFL team is going to throw a game. I think that yeah, <laughs> so stupid. I'm glad. Honestly, the era of tanking is kind of the the pinnacle was after the Astros had had success with it in all of sports. I think there's everything's starting to even out. We're now in like the, even the super analytical types are starting to think like, okay, there's some kind of institutional harm done when you tank. And also now, because teams will, they'll push the envelope a little bit more. Like the outright tank, it's, it's harder to pull off. So like people are wondering whether it's worth it. And then especially in football, like there's just so many things that make it different than the other sports, including the fact that when you tank intentionally, the good players you do have are actually getting physically bludgeoned more often. Yeah. Like, because, because you're on a really bad team. And I do think the culture does matter, but whatever. Um, yeah, I, I highly doubt that, I highly, highly doubt that Vrabel was fired because they won that game. I do too. And I would also say about that, Seth, is that, um, it, I feel like in football, just the quarterback thing is just such a crapshoot. Like you're gonna yeah. you're gonna you're gonna undergo all this systemic damage inside your building to lose a bunch of games to then wind up with the first pick in the draft to get Baker Mayfield or to get or to get Bryce Young or to get Bryce Young or right. or to you get know, or 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 maybe even worse like Joe Burrow is the like is the offshoot like he's the outlier yeah. like he was great I'm just talking about the last several years Bryce Young obviously or like Kyler Murray and Trevor Lawrence who might be more damaging than a, a flat out bust. Which are guys right. who are like... Once you give them that money. Yeah, they're yeah. in the meaty part of the curve where you feel compelled to pay them because you use the first overall pick on them. Well, I'll tell you another thing, though, too. That's why... And that's why the number one pick... I, I do think, and I, I think Casario would agree with me on this because Casario is very much just a, like a... He looks at things like a probability cloud. Like, you know, where where's the electron? I don't know. Um, it, like, that number one overall pick, there's a reason it's hard to trade out of it. Because nobody wants that pressure of the number one overall pick. Yeah. That's, that's what gets you fired. You use that, I'm going to trade up to a number one overall, and if it ends up being clowny, I'm on my ass. You know, like it's one. Now, if you, if you have the number one overall and that's who you take, then so be it. But it's just, yeah, the, the difference between number one, number two, number three, it's just different. And, and in any given year, it's just a complete crap. Yeah. You know, we know that. I mean, the Texans, the Texans had the bad luck. 
of twice having the number one overall pick in a year where there really weren't any good quarterbacks yep. um, or prospects or anything. Yep. And, and then the last time, <laughs> the, well, the, the time that they had the number two overall pick, uh, it may have worked out just smashingly for them. Swimmingly when they didn't get the number so far. One overall, yeah, know? absolutely. Absolutely. Um, here was Nick Casario yesterday. On, uh, we asked him about Bobby Slowick. Again, two requests for interviews so far, Carolina and Washington, that we've seen. I would expect Tennessee, maybe others, are going to ask for an interview. Here was Nick Casario on his year so far working with Bobby Slowick. Yeah, this time of year, I mean, there's a process that the league has in place. So, you know, we'll certainly comply with those, you know, parameters and rules and regulations. I would say specific, you know, to Bobby, you know, Bobby's done an unbelievable job for uh, for the organization this season. You know, we'll support him in any way possible. There's obviously a lot of dominoes that are going to fall relative to this whole, I would say, process. So we'll take it one day at a time. But, you know, we've put together, D'Amico's put together, you know, a really good coaching staff, which is you know, the reason we're in a position that we're in so we'll look at you know our options if we get to that point but certainly grateful and thankful for the job that Bobby has done for us here this season the goal is to try to keep as many good coaches and people mm-hmm. and players in the building for as long as possible so we'll work through the process whatever that entails and you always have to have sort of contingency plans in place you know you're trying to balance multiple things right now I think the focus more than anything is on the players and getting ready for the Cleveland Browns which is certainly a, a significant task ahead of us and if there's other things that we have to deal with at some point then we'll handle them in due time. But, you know, Bobby's done a great job. Um, you know, you guys have talked to Bobby or, they, you know, he's talked to the media, you know, once a week here. And, you know, I'm sure Bobby will tell you that he's grown and he's learned a lot. And we're fortunate to have him here. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can continue to work with him uh, moving forward. The What do you think the most – what's the juiciest quote you would get from somebody um, – about something like this, like where they actually give some emotion to it. Like I anticipate a lot of bland answers about Bobby Slowick and, you know, if he goes to interview or what have you. Like nobody's going to get up there and be like, oh, man, I got to tell you, honestly, we're screwed without him. Uh, but like it's not like it's not like all offensive coordinators are created equal, even though they're just in this scheme. And, and, and it's as simple as that. You know, we've seen like Matt LaFleur has had ups and downs in terms of like, okay, just how easy is it to transplant this scheme when you don't have an Aaron Rodgers? And now it's like his, his arrow is starting to point up. Kevin Stefanski running a Kubiak-style system. Um, it, it wasn't so easy until he found the right quarterback, obviously. Well, the right four quarterbacks, I don't know. Um, I think with, with Bobby Slowick, the most likely scenario, hopefully, is that if he does get an offer – he doesn't necessarily feel it's the right situation or he's not ready for it. And he also gets a little bit of a pay bump at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like with know? the Texans. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think what if, Bobby, what if Bobby gets up at the podium today and says, listen, everybody, I got to get paid, man. I got kids. <laughs> that, would be, <laughs> that would answer your original question. That would yeah. be juicy if he did that. That would, that would be juicy. I think, if, I think if there was some mention by somebody, if it were Nick in that quote or somebody else, of just how – simpatico cj stroud and bobby slowick are that would be the thing that would start to concern me like wow like these guys are really um a great duo you know like they are they, there's yeah. great chemistry I, mean, I think there is great chemistry with these two now i think there's great chemistry with cj stroud and gerard johnson as the quarterbacks coach i think there's great chemistry with cj stroud and case keenum as the kind of sort of de facto third quarterback coach in the room kind of thing um my overall point is I think C.J. Stroud is a pretty easy individual to build chemistry with. 
So yeah. I wouldn't think like, oh, Bobby Slowick's leaving. That's boy, he's the only one that could tame this a hole, C.J. Stroud. Like, you know, C.J. is like one of the sharpest dudes you're going to meet. But I think that would probably made it a little spicier if there was some mention of the relationship there between those two. I remember um, <laughs> Mike London, who was a defensive line coach for one year when we were two and fourteen. He would go on to be the University of Virginia coach for a long, long time. But I loved him. He was a great guy. He had one year in the NFL, and it was like. It was a miserable year. We were 2-14. and 14. Everybody got fired at the end of the year. And I remember talking to him about, I, you know, I, he was a guy that they were considering keeping on through, the, you know, if Kubiak came in. And, and Mike was talking to uh, Mr. McNair. And Mr. McNair, they were talking about money, you know. And Mike was basically saying, like, he'd, he'd probably need a pay raise if, uh, you know, if he were to continue. And... Mr. McNair said something, which is a good thing to say and good advice. It was like, you know, when I was younger, I always tried to look at it as, you know, what's the opportunity more so than what's the paycheck? <laughs> I remember, I don't know if London said he said this out loud or if it's what are you thinking. He was like, man, I'm sitting here in Dockers. Like, I just want to get out of these Dockers. <laughs> That's great. And then he, I think he might have, did he jump right into the Virginia coach? I don't know what the timeline was know. for London. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember. I don't Sean, remember. how do you not have the University of how Virginia? How do I not have Mike London's career in history right in front now. of me? I know. Not in the London, the UVA head coach. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Payne and Pendergast with you on a, uh, on a Wednesday. Um, I just thought of something, too, with Bobby Sloak and the Titans that I want to touch on, but I'll do it in the next segment. He's not taking that job. I just figured out why. Like, he's definitely not taking oh, okay, the Titans good, job. Good. I figured that out. Also, I want to go back and check my three tiny little signs of progress that I laid out before the season. If the Texans did these things, I would be happy. How did D'Amico Ryans do with my three tiny little signs of progress? That is is next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations, timelines, inspections, and more can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a realtor can do for you, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, a few things here. A little bit of breaking news. Um, Matt Eberflus, Chicago Bears head coach, will remain the Chicago Bears head coach. They're going to keep, they're going to bring him back next year, which to me is a huge tell on what has turned into one of the biggest stories heading into the offseason which is mm-hmm. what are the Bears going to do at quarterback? Are they going to keep Justin Fields? Are they going to trade Justin Fields? Are they going to use the number one overall pick on Caleb Williams? All this stuff because they the Bears had a good end to the season and they have the Carolina Panthers pick, which is number one overall. I think, Seth, in my opinion, this is a huge tell 
that Justin Fields is going to be the quarterback for the Chicago Bears next year. I guess, have they done anything? That, but the, Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator, is the guy who's been the topic of debate and reports that the players aren't necessarily happy with him and what have you. Um, or would you expect Luke Getze gets replaced by somebody? If they're going to keep... They're going to keep Eberflus, and they got to figure something out about Justin Fields. Um, and, and, and if they potentially are going to either trade out of the number one overall pick again or not use it on a quarterback, I would think they might want to get a, an OC they feel better about. Maybe, maybe. I yeah. just feel like I'm looking at the two scenarios, and I'm going, okay, if Eberflus, you know, they're bringing Eberflus back, they bring a rookie quarterback in, chances are you're not going to be very good next year if you're starting a rookie quarterback. And then what do you do? Bring oh. Eberflus back again after another bad year? You know, Getsy was, Getsy was fired like uh, 10 minutes ago. Okay. So oh, Wow, really? <laughs> like literally <laughs> yeah, like 10 minutes ago? I missed ago? it. No, uh, it, uh, yeah. Okay. It was 9.35. This article is 9.35 a.m., so okay. I'm guessing a little bit before that. So Eberflus yeah. back with a change at, okay, well, that, that changes the calculus a little bit, maybe, I guess, that if you're – Bringing in a new OC, maybe bringing in an OC that can tailor something better for Caleb Williams than they could. Caleb Williams and Justin Fields are not exactly super similar. They're both very athletic, but Caleb Williams, I think, is believed to have elite arm talent. Justin Fields was throwing a football at least last season, like he might be out of the league in a couple of years. They've got plenty of time to figure it out. They do. And uh, it's just a matter of finding the offensive coordinator. Uh, that'll that'll replace Luke Getzey. Yeah, hmm. I'm gonna hmm. guess. I'm gonna guess he's back. There was another caption on first take. Uh, Courtney Cronin. I don't know if she covers the Bears or if she just covers NFL nationally for ESPN, but she the, she was saying here on first take that the support for Justin Fields in the locker room feels unanimous. Like the guys really like Justin yeah. Fields in that locker room. They're they're big fans of his, and I think Justin Fields might be a better fit for playing in Chicago. Than Caleb Williams with all that with the bad weather and the wind coming off the lake and whatnot that you can you know go out and J- Justin Fields can go out and get you 1100 yards on the ground the guy yeah I guess that kind of dynamic of like a like a Jim Kelly a Josh Allen a Jay Cutler really like if Jay Cutler had just more of the intangibles you got like the image I get is always of a guy that an arm so strong it can cut through the wind you know and that like that it doesn't have to limit your it doesn't have to overly limit your passing game when when the weather isn't perfect. Yeah, the, that, yeah, he strikes you as that kind of guy. Um, back to the Titans for just a second in the the opening there with Mike Vrabel getting fired. It dawned on me at the very end of that segment that we were doing about that, where I was talking about, man, I'm a little concerned because Slowick's got a relationship with their GM that goes back to San Francisco. Ba 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 ba. Two words: Why Bobby Slowick won't take the Tennessee Titans job? Will Levis. Imagine yeah. going from C.J. Stroud to Will Levis. I, I, yeah, it really is. I, when I look at people talk about these various situations and how nice they are and why this guy should want to be there or that, I, I just, unless you've got a situation where you have the quarterback, and I don't care if you've got the number one overall pick. If you, the, the awesome, awesome, awesome situation is when there is already a franchise quarterback and Andy Reid decides to retire or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, like something like that. If, right. if the, if the, if somehow the Chiefs had awesome cap space next year and Andy Reid just decides that he's had enough, that's an awesome situation. Everything else is fraught with peril until you find the actual quarterback. And in some respects, even having the high draft pick this year is makes it even more nerve wracking because if you get if you draft the wrong quarterback, it's it's hard as hell to keep that job. Yep. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I think we sometimes frame it too much about like 
job security where it needs to be actually like, okay, look, these guys aren't looking at it like, gosh, I hope I can keep this job no, for they four win. years. Yeah, they want to win. Yeah. They want to win. So, I mean, the, the, it is enticing to have that high pick, but only if you feel really good about the quarterbacks you have and the supporting cast. Yep. Um, question. How stupid do you think Mike Vrabel feels now that he's been fired for pulling that stunt with the cowboy hat, the Bum Phillips tribute, air quotes, before the Titans-Texans game back in Week 15? I kind of, I, weren't there reports that he didn't want to do it? I would feel if Amy Adams-Strunk convinced him to do it and then she goes and fires him a couple weeks later, I would, I would feel... That's dirty that would, pool, man. That would be insulting, That's a dirty man. pool. That would be really insulting. I feel, I feel like it would be, and it would, you know, but the biggest thing is like, it would be the last thing that Bum Phillips would have wanted, you know, like the owner exerting some kind of, you know, bending his elbow to do a Bum Phillips tribute. And I, like, I, like, I had fun with that. Like Vrabel, Vrabel by uh, like every account I've ever heard, it seems like a hell of a guy. Yeah. Like there's a part of like with Bum Phillips that I feel like trying to pay tribute to Bum Phillips, there's something about wearing the cowboy hat that feels it just feels so fraudulent because there's so much that's wrapped up in that. Like he was a Texas guy and it wasn't like some gimmick or something. And honestly, like he fought, he was a Marine in the South Pacific in World War Two. Yeah. Like that is some badass stuff. If you ever watched anything about the Pacific and World War Two and the Marines and what they did, that was some crazy, scary stuff. And there was like, I like, I could see where Vrabel might have felt like, man, I don't want to. I don't want to play a Bum Phillips costume party here on the sideline. That was, I don't want to say it was tasteless or anything. It was just, it just didn't feel right. Yeah. So yeah, if I were Vrabel and they had talked me into that and then fired me two weeks later, I'd be kind of pissed. I'd be pissed for sure. Well, now it's uh, four weeks later. Yeah. 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 Um, Got a tweet yesterday from a listener pulling it up here. Um, Said, Sean, I remember you being in a Twitter spaces. God, do we? But Twitter Spaces was a big thing for like three months. Um, Sean, I remember you being in a Twitter Spaces hours after the D'Amico hire. The feeling of excitement and optimism was palpable. What's crazy is that the reality has met and maybe even exceeded the hope that we had when D'Amico got hired back last year. Was Twitter Spaces still a thing in I, it's, February of it, last it's year? Still, January it of last still year? exists, doesn't it? I it still does? see, okay. yeah. I still see like the purple notifications at the top of the app that oh, somebody really? I follow oh, okay. is having a Twitter Spaces. Yeah. I just haven't been in any of them for like it feels like probably since this the one this just, I was in with this guy right here. There's so many different platforms to be in and part be in and partake of. It's hard yes. to keep track. Yeah, yeah, that um, yeah, the whole. I mean, it was such a coup hiring D'Amico. It yeah. just it really really was. You have to take yourself back and remember this time last year. Like I honestly. I was starting to question my own sanity because people, so many people were telling me I was crazy for thinking the Texans had a shot at D'Amico. Recall that there was a reporter who said that a source close to D'Amico said he had no interest in, he had no interest in the job. Yeah. Like that's how stupid and dumb and ridiculous, like some of the reporting around it was that there was a source that said D'Amico didn't want any part of the job. You come to find out that D'Amico specifically wanted this very job. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, like Texans fans had so many people telling them like, no, no, no way in hell D'Amico wants that job. No, no way in hell he'd take it. What are you crazy? And then lo and behold, it's the exact job he wants. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it meant everything. It was just a 180 degree turn from so many different things. The, the, so many 
places that organization had been um, and done in the previous several years. That was the genesis of the turnaround for sure. And along those lines, and I agree with the texter or the tweeter that it exceeded, it's exceeded what we thought it would be. My my three tiny little signs of progress before the season. One was to be in the in the hunt portion of the graphic in early December when they show the playoff picture. They won the damn division. So they yeah. exceeded there. Um, number two, Seth, was to have a discussion of with you in December of flexing the Texans into primetime and not sounding oh, dumb. Oh, yeah. They got flexed into primetime in week 18. That's, that's the discussion I remember. Remember I was trying to give you credit about them potentially flexing the Texans into yeah. primetime, and you kept saying, no, I never said that early in the season. It was that discussion okay. about how, how it would be nice if they were. Okay, okay. Yeah, yep. I rescind, I rescind my credit given to you. <laughs> Thank you. That you never asked <laughs> Thank for. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the third one, have a coordinator just show up on the hot list for head coaching jobs. He's the first coordinator, I think, to get multiple requests for interviews, Bobby Slowick. So they've mm-hmm. they've they've blown it out of the water, man, on all three of my tiny little signs of progress. They've had they've had massive little tiny signs of progress. Yeah. So that was the first coordinator that has been interviewed. When was the last time an inter- a, a, a Texans coordinator was interviewed for a head job like right out of uh, not because George Godsey ended up being a coordinator, but he wasn't interviewed for it while he was with the Texans. No, no. Well, you, like a coordinator interviewing for a head coaching job somewhere. Yeah, else? yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, and that wouldn't qualify anyway. No. Yeah. So a, a Texans coordinator interviewing for a head coaching job elsewhere. When yeah, was the last time probably Vrabel is my guess. It would probably be Vrabel in twenty seventeen. Yeah, Vrabel. Yeah, they, yeah. They, and that was defense. That was defense. That well, I tweeted this the other day. D'Amico has already had more offensive coaches be requested for head coaching interviews in one year yeah. than Bill O'Brien had in six years, <laughs> you know, because because it, it was this merry little band of yes men that he had going on there, you know, no nobody was nobody was knocking down, banging down the door to get Tim Kelly or George Godsey back in the day. So somebody, uh, yeah, Vrabel, a bunch of people suggesting Vrabel. I feel like there was at least one other, but nothing nothing notable there. Yeah, I think I think, of, I think yeah. it was Vrabel. Um, let's go out to the Post Oak Hotel. That's where John Lopez and Landry Locker are. It's the Bear Bryant Awards tonight, and um, I'm sure they're wearing their Sunday best right now, looking good out at the Post Oak <laughs> well, Hotel. Well, one of us. Well. <laughs> I, I only said that because I saw Landry today, and Landry looked Landry delightful. Landry wearing a fishing I, I struggled. Fishing I struggled with whether to wear the sport coat or not. And uh, I decided to wear my Port Protection Alaska long sleeve shirt. Yeah, it sounded like yeah. Not I don't. I don't think Lope, I don't think Lopez would be let into a, like seventy percent of dive bars. <laughs> They're going to chase you looking. away from the Bentleys over there. Man. Yes, oh, exactly. Hey, man, Get I'm that bum away from the Bentleys and on my clothes. Looks like he's about to go mow. <laughs> I'll just leave that right there. <laughs> um, so, uh, so which of the coaches are you guys most? Are you guys going to get coaches on the show today? Or no, hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's be honest. Who wants to hear from him? And, let's, let's just. Uh, and Land- Landry just said off air. I don't even want to see Sark. <laughs> oh, is Sark one of the nominees? Is he one of the finalists? Yeah, I don't know who he knows, but he must have made a few phone calls or something like that. I don't know how he's even here. Give me Mike Gundy if we're even going to go Big 12. Okay, there you go. There you go. John, do you have one in particular that you're looking forward to talking to? Uh, well, we're, actually... We, if you we, were to we, talk to them. Yeah. No. Yeah, come on. Probably... Saban? Yeah, that would be the only yeah, one. Lot Dude. Of, lot of, a lot of local... Saban uh, going to go there? Yeah. going to be there? Saban? Nah, probably not. He'll, he'll do a video thing. Yeah, I've done many a Bear Bryant Award where Saban's been a finalist. 
He gets awfully hard to find when the event rolls around. I'll say yeah, that. Yeah. He he's shows short. up. Yeah, yeah he's short. That's not why he's hard to find. It's oh, I thought, that was, <laughs> I thought that was a short joke. That's probably, <laughs> that's he's probably got it in his rider or something that's that he it. needs a, a taller chair. Yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming, even though you guys are at the Post Oak Hotel at the Bear Bryant Awards, it is going to be heavy on Texans and Browns oh, and all on. that good stuff. 100%. Yeah. Okay. 100%. Yeah. Just making yeah. sure the audience knows. Yeah, yeah right. of course. Yes, yeah, yes, of course. Yeah. Good deal. All right, gentlemen, have a great show. Crosstalk brought to you by D. M Leasing. You're listening to KLT, KLT HD2, an Odyssey station. Seth, antibodies to you, and I'll see you at 6 tomorrow, my friend. Antibodies to you and shackles to Bobby Slowick. Thank you very much. All right. We are done. We are out of time. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.